You are listening to the Northeast Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. That was pretty good. That was not bad. Is it about theology or is it your weekly podcast? It's about about uh, your weekly podcast. Something fell off. I don't know. Okay. Well, if you're a listener, let us know if we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should start changing a, a <laughs> word a week and seeing if people catch it. They're like, wait a second. This is wait, not what, what I remember. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Something felt weird about that one. Anyways. Well, it's weird because Cameron's not with us today. He's Maybe no, that's he's no longer is. with us yeah. uh, for this morning. That joke never Every gets, time. That joke never gets old <laughs> Such a dad. He's no longer with us. <laughs> and he'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> but thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Andrew. With me, as always, is Corlin. Hello, hello. And like we said, Cameron's not here. He had to go to work early. Which we'll make fun of him because do city workers go to work early? He'll probably get off at noon now. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go to work early. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, especially if you're a new listener. This is episode 118. I was wrong last week. I was so confident. I'm like, it's episode 116. Pride comes before fall. I said it at the beginning of the episode. I said at the end. I'm like, this has been episode 116. We'll see you next week. And then I went to post it. I'm like, this is episode 117. <laughs> and nobody caught it. So no, we have no listeners. So yeah. <laughs> Shelly, if you're listening, right? We have Shelly. She's our devoted fan. Um, but we have two questions for this episode. But first, how you been, Corlin? Anything I, uh, mediocre and exciting? How are your children? My children are great. My son is two months old and like 15 pounds. Probably get weighed today. I wouldn't doubt that he's going to be like 15 and a half, 16 pounds Excellent. at two months. Uh, he fits into clothes that my daughter fit into when she was four months old. Yep. My daughter is now almost, no, we're a few months away, but almost two years old. And she's only like 23 pounds. So like he's going to be a football player. Yeah, he's, he's a big, big boy. <laughs> Oh, but they're healthy, doing good. Healthy, Your daughter's healthy. pretty cute. Yeah, she's ridiculous. If you uh, listeners don't know, me and Corlin are in the same life group, so we see Gemma every usually every Friday, and uh, my son Oliver, I think, has a crush on her, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last night, last night I went to the uh, Oilers Vancouver, like went and watched with a friend. Yeah, because uh, it's their opening game of the season, and. Um, she's just for fun. I throw my Jersey on. Cause I, I don't know. It's, I like doing that. And yeah. she saw me put it on and instantly she's like, hockey, hockey, hockey. And just like kept coming to me with like the biggest little, I, I don't know if it counts for humans, but puppy dog eyes of like, uh-huh. please take me take with me you to the hockey. Game. Yeah. And so then eventually I was like, do you want to come watch the first period with me? Yeah. yeah. And then she just went and got like <laughs> shoes and socks and yeah, she Man, was, that's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, last week uh, when you guys rolled up and someone inside said, oh, uh, Corlin and Aaron are here. Oliver went, oh, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, I think is so funny. She, he's like obsessed with her, like in a cute way, not yeah. in a dumb way, but yeah. just like, oh, this cute little child. I'm not the littlest one here anymore. It's just. Fun. Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, we had a pretty good Thanksgiving. Did you have turkey? I think so. Okay, I, I did. We I had actually, ham. Oh, we had ham too. Yeah, ham's ham's a solid. Choice <laughs> I like that. We both kind of like, I had ham. <laughs> <laughs> ham's a solid choice. I don't know. What about you? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, we went to uh, someone's harvest party Ooh. on Saturday. It was supposed to be like everyone brings something from the harvest. So I brought a Walmart pie. <laughs> I was like, I harvested this from Walmart because <laughs> I'm like, we don't have time 
and we didn't grow anything because we were gone all summer. And yeah. So it was quite funny. You just brought some grass clippings. But, yeah. A salad. <laughs> this is all I have. I harvested this. But it was so good. Someone brought like, oh, this was a chicken that we was butchered two days ago. And, and then someone brought some elk. Oh, elk is and so And then good. Stan was there, brought a ham. Oh, man, it was so good. And then people brought, you know, stuff that they had harvested or whatever. So it was good. And then Monday we had... Uh, Thanksgiving dinner with the Eggies. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, also good. And uh, kids are fun. It was one of those nights of like, oh, boy, are we all going to go home (laughs) early and discipline our children? (laughs) But anyways. So, okay. uh, Speaking of kids and not having them. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Made you wonder. (laughs) uh, That'll be our second question. The first question someone asked me, and I'm going to... They asked me over the phone a couple weeks ago, so it won't. I'm trying to paraphrase it, but essentially yeah. it was like, how how can a husband and wife uh, build intimacy in their marriage that's not just sex? Hmm. And it was kind of like, um, in this case, it was like, how do I help my husband see that? Like, sometimes I want intimacy, the intimacy that's not just having sex. Yeah. How do I, I guess I should say PG 13 if your kids are listening, but yeah. whatever. Um, are, are there ways to build intimacy with your spouse? Um, does the Bible talk about that? Um, just some like helpful advice. So what do you think? Well, I think, I think for most married couples, if you're not at a stage where you feel like this is relevant to you, it's probably still worth it to, to take time to think about it, talk about it, listen. Yep. Um, because if you're not at a stage now where you feel like that's an issue, it very well could be in the future. Yeah, and so totally. it's something to have resources around is, is really important. And it's not, I, there's a lot of shame in Christian circles when a couple struggles with intimacy because it's this, I, I think there's this idea that once you're married, well, then you're one flesh and it just, it well, just because ha- the Bible yeah. says that, then away you go and you're, you shouldn't struggle with that. Right. Um, but I, I think that there is more couples than we realize that struggle to know what intimacy <laughs> is outside sure. of just the bedroom. Yeah. And I think there's, there's different types of intimacy. I mean, obviously, I think I'll just speak from being a male. I think um, my brain, when I hear the word intimacy, automatically just assumes physical intimacy because mm-hmm. that's just how my when, brain. Now, do you mean just physical touch in general or are you talking like as an in intimacy as in the bedroom? Yeah, I would say I've learned because I've been married for going on 13 years that it's more than just the bedroom. But yeah. I think, um, I just assumed like if my wife, this is a dumb example, but my, if my wife was like, do you want to be intimate tonight? I'd be like, you would, Oh, yeah. it's go time. Do you think that's a language thing too? <clears throat> yeah. Somewhat? Yeah. So I think there, there we, uh, so as a male, I think I automatically assume physical intimacy, but even just like, you know, holding hands, hugging, yeah, kissing. And there's like emotional intimacy, which is huge. Yeah. Um, there's spiritual intimacy, I think. Yeah, right? I, would, um, I would agree. Where it's, you are, uh, so I, like, I don't know, maybe it, how do you de- define intimacy? Because if you're saying it's like a language thing. Yeah. I think it's just what, clo- like closeness with someone? I think intimacy, like when, we, when you would say closeness, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, and it's a closeness in knowing the person. So even like in the Bible, yeah. our translations, uh, 
I be, oh man, I should have looked into this before, but I know in our translations, when it talks about having sexual relations, it often says, oh, Adam and knew his Adam wife, knew his wife yep. or so-and-so knew this person. Yep. Um, and I mean, they they use that in the scenarios where they don't know the person overly well either, and and they end up, <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. <laughs> but there is a physical intimacy there where you know someone intimately by physical connection. Um, but then there's also uh, the idea that uh, as Christians, what like when we read the Bible, God does all sorts of stuff so that people would know His name, and His name is is Yahweh, and Yahweh right. is I am, and I am means that He is. He is who he says he is. He is going to be consistent and yeah. he wants his people to know him. Right. Yeah. And so intimacy is, is I think in our culture, intimacy often does speak of just purely sexual activity, right? Like sure. if you want to be intimate with someone um, or like even the language around sex that we use is, well, I was intimate with my wife the other night or I was. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons that in our minds we fail to, to actually recognize that intimacy is more than just that sexual connection sure. that a husband and wife has. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that that's uh, a part of it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, so we don't want to like disconnect, you know, Oh, sex is sex and intimacy is over here and it's, yeah. it's more important. I think that's kind of like intermingled. Yeah. Right. And what did you say before we recorded? Like, so I, I think sex is a part of intimacy, but I don't think that sex itself will build intimacy. Sure. Right. You just said it kind of like solidifies it. Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the reason I say that is that we, um, if we are turning to sex to build intimacy and we, we, let me take a step back. When we, when we turn to sex to build intimacy, it's often because we, we have the physical reactions in our brains that yeah. take place that build connection that, that strengthen those connections with someone. So when we turn to it, it it's one of the natural things to do. Cause we're like, Hey, I felt really close to that person when yes. I did this. Yeah. So of course our bodies want to turn to do that. Yeah. Um, but the issue, it, not the issue. One of the beautiful things about the way God has designed men and women <clears throat> is that men and women don't see that in equal lights. Yeah. And so, um, and I don't know, I, I, maybe we should have brought our wives on for this episode. But. <laughs> yeah. that. Would... <laughs> Let me tell you how the female brain works. Yeah. From a but male's from, perspective. From what yeah. like Aaron and I, what we're learning <clears throat> is, is more and more that that intimacy is built throughout the week. And then it, when, or, or however long. And then when we come together, it is solidified in that, right? Yeah. It, there's this, there's this pursuit, me, me showing, telling, letting her know that I, I want to know her. I want to be close to her yep. and not just physically, but like, I want to be there for her. I want to protect her. I want to, to fulfill the covenant that we made when we were married. Yep. And then because of that safety, because of her being known by me, then when we come together, then I feel known and, and yeah yeah it it's not turning to sex to build intimacy solely is something that i think can be dangerous because those chemical reactions are so strong that then it's actually really easy to make that the then only thing that you use to try and build intimacy. oh totally yeah and if you're using that as the only thing to build intimacy then you're creating a lot of potential for damage it's not that it's not that you would be sinning as a married couple by having sex but if you are turning to it consistently for intimacy what happens when that gets taken away sure yeah 
do you have no way of being intimate with your wife then? Yeah. Right. So like, I, I think the, the, um, struggle in a, in a marriage is that men and women are built differently. Mm -hmm. Like surprise, surprise. I know our world says like, no, we're exactly the same, but we're not. And, um, by and large, and again, this is a, um, blanket statement. So it doesn't apply to all men, but by and large, men are more physical. Um, and that's just how they're wired. I know that's true about me. I am, yep. I'm much more physical than my wife is not like in a good way. Like I want to be close and yep. hug and kiss. And I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And by and large, again, not hundred percent women are more, uh, emotionally intimate and they, uh, crave that more. Right. I want to actually sit down and just like connect emotionally. And for most men, it's just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I don't yeah. even know what to say. Like, yeah. How was your week? Good. I, it's harder. Like the, the the majority of premarital counseling I do, uh, it, that's just so true. <clears throat> and and premarital <throat> counseling, we're trying to get, you know, uh, engaged couples to like, let's open up, let's talk about your past. Let's talk about that. And like yeah. for the, by and large for the women, it's like, Oh man, I've been waiting for this. Yep. This is so great. Yeah. And by and large for the men, it's just kind of like, Oh, this is so uncomfortable. I hate this. And trying to, uh, help them build like emotional intimacy. So, um, and like, I agree with what you said. A lot of men, um, how do I put this without being crass? Like the, for a lot of men, the goal is the finish line, right? Yeah. The goal is sex with my wife. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but that's just kind of how our brains are wired. Like that's the goal, not realizing that actually your, um, your sex life will be way better if you invest in spiritual intimacy and emotional intimacy. And yeah. like you were saying, do doing those yeah. things, it actually, it makes your sex life way better. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's actually mirrors to scripture with this marriage is meant to be a, a, a reflection of Christ and the gospel and Christ and the church. Right. And so like there's, there's this interesting thought experiment where if we were to think if Christ came and did the work that he did on the cross and instantly ushered in all of heaven, we would We'd be pretty happy. It'd, it'd be pretty great, right? But also, now we live in this world where he has allowed us to walk out our faith and to grow. And like we have this chance to know him here where we wrestle with these things and we walk mm -hmm. through it. And so then when we, when we get closer with him, it is this really sweet, wonderful thing. So that then now when he returns... There's this longing for it on our part. There's yeah. this desire to be close and, and intimate with him in that way. And I think marriage can be similar. If we just, if all marriage was, was to get married so that you can have sex. Well, great. I'm sure that you'll be happy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there is this wonderful beauty in marriage of, of walking through the tensions of life and mm -hmm. learning to love someone, learning to sacrifice your desires for the yeah. better, for their good. Right. Yep. And, and so then again, when you do that over the course of some time and you come together, then it is a celebration of your, of your relationship. It's not, sex is not your relationship. Your relationship should be complete without sex. Yep. Sex is something that is an, a, an incredible bonus cherry on top that just yeah. makes it like, if you get a Sunday at Dairy Queen, <laughs> great. 
you get a Sunday at Dairy Queen with a cherry on top and it's just that much more special, right? Like it's <laughs> it, that much more complete. And so sure. it, it's not that it's incomplete without it. It's, it's that it's a bonus. Yeah. Cause right? there, there will be seasons where, um, the sex aspect of your relationship, uh, won't necessarily happen. Like yeah. depending on, I don't know. There there's could just, be medical there's things. so many scenarios, right? Okay, you know, my wife has cancer and she's on chemo. She's probably not going to be in the mood for the next maybe year, right? Like, yeah. uh, I remember after Lucy was born, there was some um, complications uh, from uh, Molly's point of view. Um, yeah. And I won't go into details because it's gross, but uh, it was just kind of like the doctor basically said, yeah, um, sex is out of the question for like, uh, was it four months? Yeah. It was something like that. Yep. And so like as a man, you're just kind of like, oh boy. Uh, so there's seasons where you're like that aspect. And I agree with you. It's a such a good, gracious gift from God. But there's some seasons where it's like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Can I still be like intimate with my wife for four months without actually the physical act of sex? And yeah, we had to, like yeah. we had, we had no choice. Yeah. Right. Cause like medically it was like, you uh, cannot do this. So <clears throat> I think you're right. Uh, when we were in the season of like, really oh, serious, ser <laughs> serious list, uh, interesting question, Andrew, serious, <laughs> serious listening. Um, uh, when we were in like little kid mode, right. And yeah. we had a two year old and we, uh, not actually we had less than a two year old and then a newborn, um, like yeah. both of us are exhausted, exhausted. My wife, especially so. Yeah. And to be like, Hey, tonight, yeah. maybe it's like, are you kidding me? I was yeah. up. So there was a season where the yeah. sex life was kind of like, we had to actually, um, really work. To, yeah. to schedule times where it was like, I know this is important for yeah. both of us, yeah. but we're just not feeling it. Right. So I agree. You can't build your whole marriage on a sex life. It's really yeah. important, but there's seasons where, um, it's, it's kind of, it's like gonna, it's like, uh, mountaintops and valleys. Yeah. And I, I think we see these kinds of things. Uh, we see these things in our culture, uh, and even, I think it's a pretty common thing to see. There's a lot of couples, uh, Christian couples that, that get together and they're just on fire for each other. Like they have this crazy love and passion for each other. And then time goes on yep. and those, the, the chemical reactions that happen in your brain, your brain does eventually get more and more used to them, so to speak. Right. It's, it's kind of like any other time your brain experiences chemicals. The first time you like adrenaline is the same way. If you first time you go skydiving, it's probably going to be a really intense experience as you go more and more, it's going to become more and more a, a daily thing. Right. Right. And so it's not that sex has no significance over time, but that's why it's important to not build your relationship on sex is because you get used to that. And so then if that's all it is, your brain is going to seek out the next high. Mm -hmm. And so then your intimacy will feel like it's failing because you'll feel, well, why I think that's why our culture sees why am I falling out of love? I don't feel the same way yeah. about my spouse as I used to. Yep. And that's where intimacy is not just sex because yep. we, when you have intimacy with your spouse, there is a knowing of each other that maintains that connection after those things start to become 
the solidifying ed- element instead of the like crazy life experiences that they first were for you. Totally. Um, and so that's where in a Christian marriage, when you, when you seek intimacy, when you seek knowing each other, um, that is what in- intimacy actually is. And sex is a celebration of that. Then mm-hmm. instead of something that you're using to try and promote it, you're using it as a like, Hey, like I'm trying to, okay. To, to risk being, I don't know, too open, but when you think of it, most couples don't struggle the same way to not have sex in their marriage as they do when they're dating. When you're dating, it's a struggle. It's hard not to. And I actually personally think it's because you spend so much time getting to know that person that that would be an in marriage. That would be a natural celebration of that. Then as you've come together, you've known each other, you talk about the hard things in marriage. You come into these seasons then where you have kids or where you're working long hours or where these things are. And so you're, yeah. You, you start to let yourself not make time for the other person to know them. And then when you're using sex as, as <clears throat> the, the like barometer of how healthy a relationship is, it's going to look different than what it would when you were first married. Right. Right. So again, I think in marriage, if you're wanting, if you're craving intimacy, you need to make time to talk about those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even for me personally, one of the things that I'm learning again is, is intimacy is having those hard conversations where there may be tears on either side. It is being willing to, to admit your faults or, or talk about the things honestly that hurt you or, or made you feel put out of place. Those are hard to do with a spouse, right? Sure. Um, and so again, those are the kinds of things I think that build up to that. We can't just rely on sex. So if you're, I don't know. Yeah. If you're a husband and you're struggling with, with wondering how to be intimate with your wife or your wife has asked you to be more intimate with her, but not in the bedroom, she wants to actually get mm-hmm. to know you. I'd encourage you to, to take that step back from yourself and, and recognize, like try and look, mm-hmm. see, are you holding off on conversations that you should, right? Like right. at night, instead of being like, Hey, like this happened at work and it was really hard. Are you just rolling over in bed and saying, nah, she won't care. Right. Right. Like those, you, even as I say it, that should be like, well, yeah, that buds head with intimacy. If you're going to, you know, be with someone who you say you're one flesh and living life with. Mm-hmm. And yet at the end of the day, you can't talk to your spouse about how you're feeling. Then, yeah. then of course there's not going to be intimacy. And of course, sex is going to feel cheap to your wife yeah. and, and cheap to you probably in the long yeah. run too. I think too. And what in a minute, let's talk about like, okay, what are ways that like really simple things that you could do to build spiritual intimacy or emotional intimacy? I agree with what you're saying. However, I think there's also times when uh, we've noticed this in our own marriage where it's like, um, we just need to have sex. Yep. So, uh, because <laughs> we, you know, <laughs> I don't know if my wife will be mad about sharing this, but sometimes when we're just like, man, like what something is like, yeah. Uh, and she said, we just need to let our bodies talk for a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. And I, and there's been times where, you know, as a man, um, uh, you know, I'm reminded of first Corinthians seven where it's like, you know, give your husband his conjugal rights and husbands give your wife her her conjugal rights. rights, Right. Don't withhold. And there's been times where I know for a fact, and we've shared this with, um, premarital couples that we've done counseling with. There are times when Molly's like, I'm not, really in the mood but i know that andrew really needs this it's been a while 
and I'm going to actually serve. And she always clarifies, it's not that Andrew's making me do anything, right? Yeah. I'm not like against my will. Yeah. But in her own mind, she goes, uh, this will be helpful for Andrew and uh, I'll yep. get in the mood. I'm not really feeling in the yeah. mood right now. But um, so I just wanted to clarify that because I feel like there's times when, uh, you know, it is an all week you've been building emotional intimacy and then it's this great thing. Yep. Sometimes it's just kind of like we just need to have sex. Yep. And I think that's okay yes. not to feel guilty yes. that like, yep. you know what I mean? So, cause I didn't want someone listening to be like, oh, well then we well, can only have sex if we've connected spiritually no. and emo No, I think no. there's, there's times when you just need to. Yeah. Right? I, um, I think what I was saying was an overarching yes, picture. Totally. If, if all it is, is just trying to be yes. sporadic and, and whatnot, then it, it, there's a higher chance of it not working yes. out. But I agree in marriage, yeah. it is also a gift. Gifts are meant yeah. to be enjoyed. And so. If but it, I, and I and I think if you go into it in a like <clears throat> I'm gonna serve my spouse, not in a selfish. Yeah. I, I need my needs met. Yeah. If you go in, uh, I'm reminded too, and I often share this with couples. The Philippians too, like don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but yeah. in humility count others as more important than yourself. Don't look only to your own interests, but look to the interests of others. Like yeah. we've done that often in our marriage, where. Yeah. And I've, I've even shared this from the pulpit where it's kind of like, I think I shared that story when we had young kids and, you know, Molly on my way out the door to work was like, Hey, it's been a while tonight. Let's schedule some time. And I'm like, Oh man, yes, it's go time. Right. And yeah. your whole day's shot. Yeah. And then I got home and Molly had a terrible day with our two girls. And I was like, I'll put the girls to bed. And then I, and she was fast asleep. Yeah. And so the selfishness part wanted to be like, Hey, wake up. Remember what you said? Yeah. But the consider myself uh, less than her or like her more important than me. It's just like she needs to sleep. And so then, yeah. you know, so I think there's an aspect of that. Like how can I serve my spouse? And there, there'll be times when, yeah, it is a gift, right? That you give yep. to the other person. So I don't know, uh, really quickly, because we do have another question. Um, what time do you have to leave for work? How many more minutes do I, you have? I need to probably like, Eight minutes. Are you serious? Like, no, eight minutes is what I need to get there. So we still oh, have, <laughs> we have a little bit of time. Yet. Okay. So really practically I'm thinking, you know, spiritual intimacy, pray with your spouse. Yeah. I mean, that's a really simple thing you can do to yeah. pray together. Um, uh, in some seasons of your life, you can read the Bible together. And in some seasons, like we're in a season right now where we have our own kind of separate quiet time but then we you can ask the person Talk about it hey what have you been reading yeah what has god been um teaching you lately uh those are really simple things that you could do now simple but then for some people like i gotta pray with my spouse it feels very i don't know intimidating yeah but it could just be at the end of the day like let's just pray for the things that are going on in our lives yeah. i'm not talking about let's have a three-hour prayer session together it's like, it could be baby steps, like yeah. have a five minute prayer with each other. Right. Yeah. And that those little steps of doing spiritual things together will build yeah. intimacy. I don't know. Do you have other? Yeah. I think, uh, really, really practically, um, get comfortable with each other talking about sex. It's amazing how many Christian couples are not comfortable talking about their sex lives together. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so work on that. Make time. Like Andrew said, even if it's a few minutes, 
to, to talk about it. Start being, start practicing, expressing what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, be open and honest and vulnerable while, while you're intimate with your wife. Yeah. Um, another one is, uh, reach out. Sex is a very private thing and yet it's also not something to be ashamed of. Hmm. Um, so Christians struggle with this because, well, it's a really <clears throat> private thing, so we don't want to let anyone in, but it's also something that, that God talks about. And, and scripture talks about and, and Christians, I think need to talk about because mm -hmm. when we, when we close doors to everyone on absolutely everything, then there breeds a ton of opportunity for shame and shame just increases cycles of defeat and sin. And so if you're struggling in your marriage, regardless of what that looks like, invite mm -hmm. other people in conversationally. Yes. Right. Uh, so for myself, that's looked like going and talking with a counselor for, yeah. for Aaron, similar things, right? Uh, Aaron and I have done a course and are doing a course by Julie Slattery, Dr. Julie Slattery, God, sex, and your marriage. Hmm. Um, look for resources, right? Take yep. really practical steps towards health in this area yep. and do them sooner rather than later. If yeah. you, if you look and you're like, well, it's not that bad yet. That's a great excuse. Probably means you should do something about it. <laughs> yeah. I think you could even, uh, schedule, Hey, uh, we're going to have a weekly, whatever I hate saying like meeting, but if for some of you, it some, might help in some seasons of life it might that help helps. where you're just going to like, you know, we're, we're going to put the kids to bed and then for an hour, we're just going to talk about our feelings or whatever, you know, it sounds dumb to say, but you know what I mean? Like, and it, okay. it might be awkward and tense at yeah. first. There might be tears shed, but don't hurt each other unnecessarily. Yeah. But be honest with each other. But if it starts as a, you know, we're going to have a weekly, time where we're just going to sit down and the purpose is like to specifically talk about what's been going on in our hearts and the feelings that we've been feeling over the time. Like, that's good. So, uh, it might feel business-like to be like, okay, Wednesdays at nine, this is what we're going to do, but it, that just might help. You may yeah. just have to do it. Right. Um, and that builds emotional intimacy. I think physical intimacy too, like yep. for men to, um, do physical things with your wife, without the expectation this is necessarily going to lead to sex. So, you know, when you are uh, watching a show with your wife to sit close and hold hands and to put your arm around her, to yeah. give her hugs throughout the day that aren't like, Ooh, I'm going to feel your bum now. Ha ha ha. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I think that stuff is fun too yeah. in a marriage, but there's times when it's like, I'll give my, my wife like an extra long hug. And this happens and she goes, what was that for? And I'm like, I just love you. Yeah. And that is huge for my wife. Yeah. That I'm not just like, Hey, it's go time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, but as a man, I, it's a discipline to go. I'm going to show physical intimacy to my wife without expecting yeah. sex in yeah. return. Um, so I think you can do that throughout the week. Yeah. How am I going to show uh, intimacy to my wife today. Yeah. Right. And, and then, yeah, really, really quickly at the end here, maybe should have been talked about more, maybe another episode. If you guys, either one of you have struggled, uh, you've been really hurt in your past. There's trauma, there's things like that. Yeah. Um, there is an image that is portrayed in Christian churches. And that is if you wait until marriage, your sex life is going to be fine. And that's not necessarily true. Right. Um, there's a lot of people that really struggle with their sexuality once they're married oh, yeah. and Christians who have waited and thought that this would be like a promise from God that it would be good. Yeah. And so be patient with yourselves. Yeah. Um, it might 
like one of the things uh, Dr. Julie Slattery talks about is, is for you guys for a while, it might look like just hanging out with minimal clothing on. And that might be as far as you can go comfortably without having flashbacks to stuff. So, so to build those bridges slowly, let, let yourselves take time to, to grow in relationship as well. Right. If you're at a point in your marriage where you can celebrate sex as a gift uh, sporadically, go for it. But at the same time, if you're not to not feel ashamed about that, um, give yourself the space and the time to actually grow into enjoying the gift as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Do you have time to answer the second question? I got some time. Okay. So I we had, hopefully that's been helpful. And again, like Corlin said, if don't, the, the worst thing you can do is believe the lie that like I'm struggling with my sexuality or my sex life or intimacy. And so no one else struggles with this. And so I'll just have to keep, or it. no one else can know. No, it's like, uh, the church should be the place where we talk openly about this kind of stuff. Um, so if you need to meet with a counselor, reach out. If you need to talk to someone, reach out. Like if you're looking for resources, yeah, totally reach out. Um, okay. So we have a second question that's kind of related. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, um, uh, what is like the Christian view of birth control? And I'll tell you how this question came up. Someone asked me who's kind of like, I would say either they're not really believers yet or just brand new believers. Yeah, trying and, to figure it out. And it was kind of like, uh, my husband had a vasectomy. Is that a sin? Yeah. And I was able to say, well, I hope not because I have had a vasectomy. I want to clarify my yeah there was like a conversational <laughs> yeah. like acknowledgement yeah, of what is. you're saying. Not Question. a yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to be like, well, I hope not because I've had a vasectomy a few years ago. So, uh, but it was an honest question. Like, I think they were raised Catholic. Yeah. Which in the Catholic church, uh, birth control mm, is a no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, it's kind of like, that's you. You're supposed to just trust God. So uh, is birth control a sin, right? For And we're just going to talk openly for like a husband to use a condom, for your wife to be on a birth control pill. Yeah. Is that wrong? Is that sinful? Um, and I guess this comes from a few different places uh, in Psalm 127, excuse me, verses three and four, it says, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Um, and there's a great John Piper said there's, it's, there's basically three or uh, maybe two kind of, objections to birth control. Number one, it's like, well, is birth control consistent with the truth that children are a gift from God? Can we, can, if you take birth yeah. control, aren't you basically saying children aren't a gift from God? Yeah. And shouldn't we let God determine the size of our family? He's in control. Shouldn't we just trust that Yeah. That he'll close the womb? I don't know. Have you ever thought about this? Yeah. We, we've thought about it some, I don't, I was not raised in a setting to believe that birth control would be a sin and any form of it per se. Um, I mean, I'm, uh, what would it be? Second generation out of, uh, like strict Mennonite belief. Yeah. Um, and they would be more so on the side of like, whatever happens, happens. It's a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that this is one of those things where if you've listened to any of Andrew's sermons, he talks about things being adiaphora. It's kind of a matter of opinion. Sure. Um, I don't think there's any hard and fast verse that says birth control is a sin. And I don't think that there's any hard and fast verse that says that 
uh, birth control is not a sin. You're I, right. I think that this is one of those things where you and your wife might decide that this, we are going to honor God by allowing what happens to happen and, and go from there. Sure. But I also like from, if I'm being dead honest, I've seen a lot of really big families because they've navigated it like that. Sure. In all honesty, what I, what I would think sin a lot in their family because they struggle because they have so many children that they're tired and they can't like they're, they're at their mental limit to love each sure. other as well as scripture would demand yeah. of them. Right. And so then for me, I, I have to ask the question, did they actually honor God with that? Then if they're continuing to have kids yeah. because, well, it's the Lord's will and yet they aren't even doing a good job of serving the family they already have. Yeah. Right. I, I struggle. I wrestle with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're right. There's nothing explicitly or even implicitly in the Bible that says like birth control is wrong or everyone should be on birth control. I should say um, abortive types of birth control are wrong. Yep, I would uh, agree with that. It's murder. Like yep. if you, you know, the morning after pill, uh, it's de- they're, they're it, designed. It's to... destroying a human life. Yeah. Uh, abortion is wrong. I think those types of, I wouldn't even call that birth control. It's just murder. So it's not a contraceptive. Yeah. It's, so what we're saying is uh, uh, birth control is keeping an egg and sperm apart. From, yeah. So it's not a human being. Yeah. So, okay. So I want to put that up because then I don't want people to be like, you think abortion's okay. No, of course not. It's evil. Yeah. Um, I, I struggle with the idea of someone saying, well, kids are a gift from the Lord. So if you are preventing yourself from having kids, you're saying that they're not a gift. That line of thinking is, is wrong. Yeah. Because, uh, in Proverbs 18, it says that a wife is a gift from the Lord. And yet we're also told it's not a sin to be single. So me choosing to be single doesn't mean that I'm negating the fact that a wife is a gift from God. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Choosing something doesn't mean that I'm saying it's not a gift, right? Yeah. So I think that kind of line of thinking is uh, is wrong. You can still, like, my kids are a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, some days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, after Oliver was born, you know, through much discussion, we just kind of said, you know what? I think uh, we're done having kids. And so I went and had a vasectomy, and it was just kind of like, I think we're at a place where... Uh, we can steward what God has given us really well and still be uh, about the mission to make, yeah. to make the same. And your children are gifts, right? Yeah, like they you don't... still are. So yeah. when I had a vasectomy, it wasn't a statement saying kids are not a gift from the Lord. Yeah. I just don't see that line of think- thinking. If you truly believe children are a gift from God, you must have as many kids as possible. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So um, the other part of like, well, you should just, trust God to determine when you should. I think there's a real lack of understanding about God calling you to be a steward. Mm -hmm. So I don't sit at home, not working saying, I'm going to trust God that he'll give me food. Mm -hmm. No, you're just being irresponsible. God's given, go get a job and work and, um, provide for your family. Yeah. Uh, I know Cam said like, well, then why do you wear a seatbelt? I'll trust God that he'll keep me safe as I drive the car. Yeah. Well, we don't think like that in any other area. Yeah. So I think you can trust God and yet steward uh, what he's given you. Yeah. Like he's called us to, to be fruitful and multiply. Yes. But also to subdue the earth. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find it because uh, John Piper gave a great example about a, a farmer. Um, oh, man. Sorry, I'm trying to scroll. Uh, okay, I might not find it. Um, but uh, he basically says, like, birth control, it, it can actually be a wise way to steward your family uh, and the timing and things like that. So, again, I think it comes down to your motivation um, rather than uh, a, a lack of trust in yeah. God. I think someone who's just like, I... I hate kids and well then, okay. Yeah. I think that's a unbiblical view of children. Right. Yeah. And kids cost too much and I never want to have them because I hate children. It's like, well, I think your attitude's wrong. Yeah. But someone who's like, okay, where we're at right now, I, I think it's actually more wise to use birth control because we're trying to steward what God's given us. Yeah. So I, I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, to do that. And like you said, though, families that are like, you know, we're quiverful families. We're going to have as many kids as possible. I don't think you're necessarily sinning. I yeah. think it's a matter of opinion. Yeah. And I go, okay. And God may, may help you navigate that large family really, really well. Yeah. Um, so it is children are a gift from the Lord. I think some people look at birth control as an unnatural thing as well. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons some people would be against it is because it's not um, natural as they drink their Coca-Cola and eat McDonald's and, and all these other unnatural things. Yeah. Um, not everyone, but it, it, it is kind of a, a joke that I've seen before. I, I think, I think too, it, it brings into the question if children are a gift and we just go like, if you can have them have as many as you absolutely possibly can. I, again, like what we've talked about even today, if you love your wife, like that's gotta be hard on someone. <laughs> like I've watched my wife have two children and yeah. like, I can't imagine for us going into the next one. And m maybe this isn't your, your mindset in it, but for us to go into the next pregnancy with Aaron having him behind her head, like, I don't even know how many more times this is going to happen. Yeah. I don't know how much more my body can take. I don't know when this is going to happen. Yeah. Right. Like even, um, just practically speaking after a birth women, once they, once they are able to, uh, have intercourse again, they often are actually quite incredibly fertile for a short window. Yeah. So if you don't believe in birth control and you get pregnant immediately after it can actually be incredibly hard on your wife's body. So then you have to ask what outweighs this gift that God can give or your duty to your wife yeah. to, yeah that God has also told you to do your duty to care for your wife, to love your wife, to die for your wife, yeah. right? What's, what's more important, the fact that you have unprotected sex or, or the fact that you love your wife and choose to, yeah. to help her heal and, and be able to bear children in healthy ways. Yeah. So I found it. So talking about like stewarding, he uses the example, uh, John Piper of a farmer, uh, basically, uh, saying, you know, how much land should a farmer cultivate? And the, you, you would say, uh, someone could say, well, uh, as much as you possibly can. And he says, well, no, a farmer seeks to cultivate what he believes he can reasonably handle. He doesn't take the command to go and subdue the earth to mean that I must make my farm as large as naturally possible. Cause then you would fail as a farmer. Yeah. He basically says, 
you, you do what you can reasonably steward. And he says, likewise, then it's right for a couple to seek to have the number of children that they believe they can reasonably nurture in light of other callings that they may have on their lives. Uh, Wayne Grudem points out, we aren't required to maximize the amount of children we have any more than we're required to subdue the earth all the time. He's like, you just, that kind of thinking doesn't. Yeah. So uh, I know you got to go. So here's what I would say though, uh, regardless of where you land, it is a sin to judge other people who don't land where you land. Yeah. So again, like we just, if you are someone who's like, I'm a quiverful person, birth control's wrong. You, I was going to say you shall not, but that's, that's not what I mean. <laughs> but it is a sin to then look down on people who, oh, you use birth control. You're not as holy as I am. Stop that. That's not true. And yeah. vice versa. If you're yep. someone who's had a vasectomy and you're like, God has given us three kids. Praise the Lord. It is a sin to judge families that choose that to choose have. to not use birth control and go, oh, they must be terrible parents. And ugh, yep. they have 12 kids and that's so wrong. Just don't do that. That is sinful. Yeah. And I agree. I think this is one of those cases of adiaphora. It's it's uh it's an opinion. And you can have a strong conviction yep. and yet still show grace. And and it would be a sin to go against that conviction, yeah, I would totally. argue. Yep. Um yep. but this is not the kind of thing that at the end of the day, when Christ returns, he's gonna not line each one of us up and say, So How many kids did you have? Did you stop yourself from having kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, you you actually don't get into the next tier of heaven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully that answered a question that none of you had. <laughs> Somebody probably had someone it. had it because they asked me. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's been helpful. And uh, episode one eighteen is in the bag. And if you have other questions, please reach out. We love answering questions that you have. And I think I thought about this. We should have a, an episode where all three of our wives come on as well. Wouldn't that be fun? We can just share the mics. And, <laughs> they would not uh, like it. They would all. not like it at all. But that'd be fun. I think people I think would be, be like, I want to hear from your wives because you agree. guys talk so much. So let's hear what your wives have to say. Maybe we could just have our wives come in and do a podcast. Nah, I don't trust that. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. And on that note, we will talk to you next time.